Ladies and gents, welcome back to another Engineers podcast uh, with myself and also Andre Carlucci, who's CTO at an organization called Lapaya. And today we're going to be exploring some really interesting topics. And also, Lapaya will dive into a little bit more about their business model. But to understand it briefly, is a platform to help big businesses upskill at scale. And some of the subjects we'll be discussing today solve really complex business-to-business integrations, but also introducing AI into their platform. AI is obviously a huge topic of conversation at the moment, Andre. Um, You guys no doubt are talking about it internally, so it'd be interesting to get your take on this, but also the importance of EVP in especially a scale-up environment or market conditions at the moment, just how important that is. So some really interesting things to explore. Andre, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Pleasure. Do you want to give us a bit of background into Andre, the CTO, your background, and then also introduce Lapaya? Of course. Well, my name is Andre Carlucci. I'm Brazilian, uh, although my family is all Italian. Uh, background all technical, did computer science back then, like more than 20 years ago. Um, I worked for a couple of companies. Then I founded my own company called Way2 Technology, uh, where we grew is a company in the energy and utilities market. Uh, and we grew from five people to 150 now. And it's, wow. well, it's responsible for Basically, 7% of all energy generated in Brazil passes through our systems. So we were very happy to have like this scaling uh, thing and so on. Um, then then I, I moved to, to the Netherlands. So actually, I lived in, in Germany as well, worked for some companies there, Vodafone and Porsche and other stuff, and moved to the Netherlands beginning 2019. Um, I first started working for Knapp, uh, the bank here. Uh, helping them to move uh, things from data centers uh, to to the cloud, and also helping the the whole uh, DevOps engineering uh, team uh, there. It was quite interesting, you know, working for a bank and, and all the security part comes with it. And also, it was really nice to me because my whole background was Microsoft technologies. And then uh, there, although Knob uses uh, .NET as the main programming language, they yep. they are all uh, AWS shop. Then I'm working for Kingly which is a video conference, conference company, completely different scenario, like big company offices in many places in the world. Completely di- different way of leading teams as well, because they are spread throughout the world. And ended up at Lepaya, which is exactly the, the, the kind of company that, that I love, like a scale up. Uh, and so we got Series B and, and OK, product is proven and is profitable. And so I now it's time to go and expand to other countries and places. So I'm in charge of the whole software development area. So helping to grow the teams, but also to take care of the culture and all the technologies that we use within the company. The 7% of Brazil's energy, sorry, I'm honing in on that, but 7% of Brazil's energy is considerable and building a business from five people to 150 people is considerable and then to relocate that's quite a big that's quite a big thing uh, yeah yeah well the, of course when when we are talking about the energy being generated i'm not talking about every single household Fine. but also but but it, but we are talking about the big 
uh, exchange points of exchange of energy. So every time you are generating or every time you are passing energy from one power distributor to another or a transmission and so on. So these sort of things. So you have a bit more responsibility in the sense of it's a lot of energy. Therefore, it's a lot of money involved, right? But energy is money. You just multiply by the tariff. Uh, and you and also you're responsible for you know for the whole uh, energy grid right? because different from the Europe uh, here you have many different grids but in Brazil it's like it's just crazy like just one big grid so basically if you enter in, on any sockets in Brazil you can pop out or any place in the country which makes things also very interesting as well interesting and obviously talking about some of your experience you've gone on a journey you've worked to a range of companies, you know, banking, you've worked in telco, now at Lapire, and you said it's one of your favorite places to work. Why is that? Well, what do you mean? The, the different industries you've been? Uh, from your experience, as in, you know, why is it one of your favorite places to work? Is it the scale-up environment specifically or something else? Well, uh, I would like to say that I like to, to build products. Right, to, to really uh, be in a company where I can go from, you know, the design phase uh, and, and then see the problem going and, and growing and together with the company, right? I think there's a lot of value when you stay a while in a company uh, because you get to live with the consequences of the decisions that you took in the past, mm. right? I, I have my time when I said that, that I, I worked a bit with uh, Vodafone and, and Porsche and so on. I was there as a consultant. And it's a bit different, right? Because you go there and you see the problems and, and you can help them, but you are not really seeing if all the things that you thought it would be good ideas, they actually pan out as good ideas, right? And if, you, if you're planning to stay long-term, you, you better watch out with all the architectural decisions and long-term decisions that you take because, well, who's going to fix it? Hopefully you as well. So it's a, I do like to, to see this growing throughout the time. Yeah, so do I. In fairness, you know, when, when speaking to engineers, I'm really trying to understand, you know, that, that end-to-end mindset of what were the decisions you took, trade-offs at that time, and did you see something go live? You know, what was the impact then? I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it definitely is. Can, and it makes you more responsible, right? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Can you do a better job than I did on introducing Lapaya? And talk to us a little bit about the business. Right. So, so as I said, we are in the upskilling uh, business, right? We enable enterprises to to retain their talent and to boost their productivity, right? Um, the the company started a long time ago with, with the CEOs, and they they were like kind of feeling just this lack of of solution when it comes to upskilling, right? Well, you you have solutions like LinkedIn Learning or or Plural Site or whatever. Uh, which are very good for some technical uh, skills, but when yeah. it comes to so, so the, what we call power skills, uh, uh, it's a bit different, right? It's not that you to watch a video about how to negotiate and suddenly you can negotiate better, right? You, you yeah. watch a video about how to lead difficult conversations and then you, you, you're ready, right? And on the other side of the coin, if you have, especially for big companies, those training uh, uh, courses that takes too long, yeah. Uh, that could also be a problem because every hour that your employee is out of uh, working, right, that costs. Yeah. So, so that's that's also a problem. So we have this, this thing about a blended learner, a blended learning, 
and we take the learner from throughout the journey uh, of, of acquiring a skill, applying that skill, and then of course uh, we make sure that they are using that new skill in the job. So uh, the, 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 the main, our main customer would be someone with more than 2,500 people. So it's yeah. slightly bigger companies, right? And our main, so within this company, we also are not only focused on the learner, but we focus more uh, into the HR person. Yeah. Why is that? Like, why? Imagine you are the HR lead of a big company and you have offices in many different companies. So for you, you have a lot of things, right? Uh, you, you have to, how, how are you going to upskill your people, right? You, you have to be, have a big strategy because every office is different, every country is different and so on. Uh, and the second thing is, what are the right skills uh, yeah. that your company needs. So so well, it's so big, you don't know everybody anymore, right? Uh, so you need to figure out, okay, what are the, the skills that are valid now and for the future? And more, more importantly, uh, or, or as important as, um, you need to prove that all the investment that you are in, uh, in making your employees are paying off. What's yeah. the impact of, of this? So, so we focus on those, um, those three things, right? We, we, and we try to get this right, right? We want to, one, teach the right things, uh, two, we want to like provide a personalized uh, content, not yeah. only for the learner, but also for the company, right? And, and we want to ensure that people are actually learning. So, so we, our, our job doesn't stop when you have the classroom session, right? Yeah. But it stops after that when we are really, really tracking the, the learners and understanding, okay, are you a better uh, negotiator now? Or, or are you applying that? How, how was yeah. it, right? And so on. I think it'd be really interesting to explore how you can actually measure some of that training or that impact. But I'd be interested to touch on your point around personalization at scale. I can imagine some challenges come with that, especially looking at the business and looking at 2,500 plus employees, as your target audience. Talk to us about some of the complexities around personalization at scale. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very interesting. It's a nice puzzle to solve. Uh, to okay. um, and the thing is, you want to personalize for the learner. So imagine like this, like we are creating content, right? And then you have to create this content and they have to take into consideration multiple languages. That's already a problem, right? And you have to take into account like those big companies, they also want uh, their branding into the, the, the presentation layer that we are providing. Right. So you have so so not only you create ones, but you have to find a way to also put their logo, their colors, and so on. We also want to be like to have the right context for them. So companies will ask us even a certain vocabulary when it comes to the learning uh, speech. Right. Some companies they don't use manager; they want to use leaders instead. So you, you have to to account for that. Uh, so you have those four uh, dimensions there. And, and when it comes to you know, applying branding and colors is not only the app, but it's all the content that you generate. It's all the videos that we record. It's all the audios, right, when it comes to the vocabulary. And, and, and also the slide decks that the trainers are taking to a classroom session. So we have a whole of, of this with the same client, right? Because they have, have offices in different places. Therefore, in that office, it's English, but that other one is Chinese. And, and the other one is Hebrew. And then you have to do the right to, to left writing in your app and these sort of things. So it's, it's quite a challenge to, to do that at scale, right? Some things, it's manual work uh, yeah. because it's cheaper than to automate. Uh, some things we, we automate in the sense of, okay, we can pass contents through like a 
layer that will translate some some words mm. uh, or, or change some things. Okay, logo in colors, it's, it's easier because you can yeah. start at you know centralized place and then you have this this layer where just you know change colors on the fly. But it's it's until you automate everything, it's quite a lot of work. Yeah. What was that journey like moving to automate everything? Yeah, so so as you can imagine, we start with everything manual, right? Yeah. Because that's how you start. Yeah. Uh, and then now slowly as we grow our, our tech uh, department, uh, we are first, you have to measure where you are spending your time, like how long it takes and how much uh, it costs to translate certain thing or to personalize a certain thing and so on. And then not only that, like if you, it could be something that, okay, this, this thing takes 2% of our time, right? But if you get it wrong, it's a high impact. So you also have to take that in consideration. And so you put this in a matrix and you start automating step by step, uh, starting with the ones that you, you cannot screw up, right? You have to, to get it right. And then what are the places where, you know, you cannot throw money to solve the problem, right? You have to, to automate it. Otherwise, you you can't do it, right? But it's it's a lot of trial and error as well because it involves, you know, um, not only the technical part, but uh, processes that people are, are doing. So you have yeah. to, to, to really find the, the best way there. I'm envisioning a Lapire environment where engineers are heavily invested in understanding of the product, classroom environments, training modules to really understand how employees can get so much value from the platform and what it is actually like to absorb some of this learning content. So I can imagine it's really important for an engineer to really understand that. Yeah, it is. And, and that's why we, we also have like for every engineer or for every, everybody within the bio, they also go through our courses. Okay. Right. First, because it's it's awesome to upskill them, yep. and secondly, it's 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 there's no better way for for us to understand how it how is it to be in the learner's you know uh, role uh, and how our software is impacting. And, and there are there other things as well, right? You are surrounded by a lot of people, and you are using the software that you created. It's so cool, right? You yep. look at this. Oh, I did this, right? So that it's nice to have this feeling. Uh, of uh, of accomplishments in, in that sense, and, and so, so so we put them throughout the, the whole process uh, yeah. to, to really uh, understand that, uh, and then they, they get you know the, the feedback in, in first hand right there. Uh, I can imagine as well, classroom type sessions can be so challenging with personalized content based on what you were saying around. Even that just minute switch from managers to leaders, but also the localization part, I can imagine that can get really challenging from a technical perspective. Right. It is. Let, let me explain a bit how, like, to give you one example. Please do. Right. Yeah. So, so remember, we are talking about companies with thousands of potential learners, yeah. right? So the HR person, they, they, or, or the HR team, right? They don't it's a lot of work for them to identify who needs to get trained or not. Uh, so one of the things that we do is we, we simply, well, simply, we integrate with their HR systems, right? And then when we, we are basically every night, uh, we read all the list of all employees of an HR system, right? And then we compare that with a local database and we publish in a bus, uh, it doesn't really matter, but we are publishing 
all the chains. Also, what did change from yesterday uh, to today, right? And then on the other side of this bus, uh, there's another application that's basically reacting to those chains. So one of the things that we can do is, is you basically get, okay, I have here 10 people and they were, you know, uh, not managers before and now they are managers and therefore we can auto assign them to this well first time manager of course together of course uh, this all goes to the hr again so they can approve it tell some clients they don't they don't they don't, they don't uh, need to approval because they trust the algorithm and so on and, and the complexity of that is is one there are so many different hr systems out there so that's the first thing so you have a multiple uh, differences there the second thing is those companies are big, so sometimes they don't have one HR system. They have two, three, four, because they acquired other companies and you have to combine those things. And each one of them are bringing a different format uh, when you are synchronizing the, the, the music. So, so you have that complexity. Um, and of course, for a big company, one, uh, they want a certain rule. And then for a big company, two, they want a different rule, right? Yeah. Because well, for that company, only department X and Y and only when the manager is here for more than six months, whatever. So, so you have to create different rules uh, for different companies. And, and that's when all the exceptions, they start to, to, to arrive and you have to account that in your software. Uh, I can imagine as a CTO, and you're probably all over this, by the way, mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity for technology to advance your product, as in it feels as if there's probably elements around machine learning that you can use there's elements around ai that you can use to be able to i think drive the product forward and support the engineering team what are you thinking about introducing to really try and supercharge the product or the business right i think that's the part uh, that the engineers like the most right uh, what well, right. we do life uh, that's one thing that uh we do love about everything about learning as engineers, right? Um, I, I like to, to think that well, well, you you know that you put two developers in one in one room, they don't know each other, and the first thing that they do is share all their secrets, right? They, they, they we like to 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 teach other people to share knowledge, to go to conference, write blog yeah. posts. It's 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 something unique about our industry, right there, right? So when it comes to how we can you know, held the product uh, with technologies in order for our learners to to learn better, to really, really, uh, for something to really stick within someone. Uh, well, there are many technologies that we can use today. And of course, we do have a lot of people who are researching. They, they are not, you know, developers or so, but they are, their sole job is to research what, what's out there, what's the best way for someone to learn and so on. So we pair with them to, okay, this is a really interesting way for someone to learn what's the technology that can help us uh, to get there. So one of the things we have VR, so virtual reality, uh, and basically uh, you have it in the, in the classroom sessions, uh, for instance. So you have the, you put the goggles there and you can really interact with some bots and so on. And, and they're, they're, the benefit of that is, one, you get really immersive on it. Right. You, you cannot, there's no second screen that you put the video there and you let it play in 4X and it's finished. And it's interesting, right? It's something new for a lot of people, right? right? So they use that as a way to, to learn and interact in some situations. Of course, some people, they, they don't like it. They get busy and so on. So we also have the 2D version that we can stream to the browser. which is, it's, it's like streaming a game or something. So we also have to you know, figure out how, how it works. So you stream the thing to the browser so they can also do it. So VR is there. 
Um, we also have uh, a lot of machine learning involved. We, we, we have a, a team in Berlin, in Berlin uh, where they create a super cool feature. Uh, we call it like virtual coach. And basically, well, let's suppose the, 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 the skill that you are learning is how to present yourself. Right. Okay. Uh, and then you can basically pretty much you, you get your, your, your the app and then you record yourself, you know, having a presentation. And then the, the AI can tell you, hey, you're speaking too fast or too slow or the tone of your voice, uh, the pitch of your voice is it's all the same. Or you're not use more your hands uh, or look at the camera when you are talking. Uh, and or or if you are standing because you have this the, the, when you're set or when you're standing or you have to move a bit or or make more pauses and so on. So you have a lot of KPIs wow. uh, that we can uh, analyze. And of course, it's it's not as perfect as a trained professional that can you know really give you feedback. But the difference is you can do it a thousand times. Yeah. Right. So that so that's the the benefit of it. And uh, the other thing is. When you go to a classroom session with a professional, then with the with the facilitator and the trainer that will help you, mm. you know your flaws. Yeah. You know already that you speak too fast, so you laser focus uh, the the just very uh, very valuable time that you have with a professional to really really pinpoint the areas that you want to improve. And the best of it, of course, uh, after the classroom session, you can do it again. And then you can clearly see how much you improved. And that's all about the impact and so on. Yeah, that really nails the answer around how we measure the impact, right? And yeah. I think the use of technology aids that massively. I was really interested to understand how in actual fact, but use of technology and machine learning and AI can just be so powerful. This is evidence yeah. of that. Yeah, I, I don't think we are, you know, in the point of replacing trainers, but we no. are in the point of, of definitely not. But we are in the point of how can we make their valuable time? How, how can we get the most of their valuable time? Right. Yeah. Especially because in our classroom sessions is not you don't get new content on mm. them. Usually uh, what we do is uh, all the contents, the digital part of the product, right? Yeah. You, you can watch videos, you can, you can, uh, uh, there are some bite-sized uh, 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 text that you can read and so on. So when you go to the classroom session, what we tell the learners is for you to bring like some use case, something that is a problem that you have, is unique to you, so you can practice with a professional. So that, that's the main reason. In our classroom sessions, they only have three hours, for instance. It's not okay. like a long uh, thing. And with that, you can, of course, identify uh, those things way easier. You've got a chat GPT integration as well, haven't you? <clears throat> yeah. So, so we, of course, <clears throat> everybody's talking about chat GPT and so on. Are so they? one of the things that, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting the world, right? Uh, <laughs> And one of the things that we were thinking, okay, how can we actually use it, mm. right? Like in, in a way that's productive and so on. So the first thing that we tried is basically, uh, well, let's have like a, a free flow conversation. We can prime the chat GPT saying, hey, here's what we are going to talk. I want you to analyze me with this and this and so on. So we tried with this open conversation. And it turns out it's really hard for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we still have a lot of latency, right? When I speak, then I need some piece of software that will do the speech to text. I get the text, I send to the bot. 
and then the bot answers, and then I have to get the answer, and I have to do the speech to, to sorry, the text to speech, and then I, I get it yeah. back. So every one of those services will add a bit of latency, okay. and then the conversation is not a, is not as pleasant as you would expect because mm. it takes time, right? Of course, you can roughly how much time. Things. Well, it could take up to a second uh, of every interaction, right? Okay. It depends where you are. We, we can use, if you use those uh, out-of-the-box uh, things, but if you do it in-house uh, with your own uh, training modules, it could go down. Uh, okay, at least they speech to text, text to speech, yeah. that, that you can make it go down. But ChatGPT, yeah, it, it's not, it takes a bit of time. Well, when you type something on ChatGPT today, you can see that it's not instant, right? It's not yep. that you get the answer instant. And in a conversation, well, we know when we have delays, and it's already so weird talking to me. It feels like you are, you are in a radio conversation, right? <laughs> because you have that silence, and then both people talk at the same time, and then you're both mm. in silence. It's, it's weird, yet. But there are all the problems, right? The second problem is how to make sure that the conversation stays on track. Mm -hmm. Because if it's a free flow conversation, the learner can go sideways, yeah. right? And start asking other things and how you evaluate that later, mm. right? So you also have that. And of course, you also have the learner who will start playing around with AI as we do with ChatGPT. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's not easy to control all the variables yet, right? Well, we are researching, but so we came up with another strategy there we thought okay let's let's try with a gated conversation like uh, instead of having a free flow thing yeah. what we can do is um, to prime the, the AI and we say um, for instance let's give you an example it's easier yeah. to let's suppose uh, we are discourses about providing feedback so what, what you can do easily is just to say hey ChatGPT, uh, here are the five steps of a of how to, to provide a good feedback. I will, you know, uh, provide you a feedback and I want you to analyze it and so on. Yeah. And then it, it, it does it really well then. And we, we tried with a couple examples and things that you get is, oh, uh, you forgot to ask for permission, for instance. ChatGPT yeah. can already tell you that. And then it's something that you can take action right away. Oh, that's true, let me try again. Yeah. And then you do it again. And then it can say, yeah, in the end, you provided a very vague uh, steps for the person to, 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 to get better, right? Oh, that makes sense. So let me try again. Yeah. And so you can keep doing that as an exercise. It, it feels like a technologist's playground at Lapaya in the most positive way that I mean that, by the way, is in there's so much going on. And it's such a mission-led, impactful business as well that you're supporting the growth of other people, really at some scale, it seems like. I want to talk to you about EVP and right. how you're thinking about improving that or the efforts that you take to improve that because I think it's really important or I think we all know that it's really important. But what steps are you going to? to try and improve that and showcase, let's just say, even to the developer community, you should come and join Lapaya for ABC reasons. Because from what I can see and listen to, and we've spoken offline, there's some awesome stuff that's going on here that's really cutting edge. So 
talk to me about this EVP strategy and what you're trying to do. Right. So, so I, I learned about how important uh, that is. Well, in the beginning of my career, right? Because uh, when I when I founded together with my partners, uh, Wei Chu back in Brazil, well, it's a company for the energy market, right? Yeah. I think it's a it's a very different thing than when you want just to sell to other developers. Oh, we are building Gmail. They know what Gmail is. Yeah. They they know how it works, right? So they they like the tool and so on. Uh, but a, a software for the energy market, it's something that they will never use. Yeah. Right? It's for engineers inside a, a, a distributor company and so on. So another power company. Uh, so, and another thing is we were a small startup, right? Uh, in Brazil. And we were competing with big companies for the talent, right? How, how can I pay the same salary that Google is paying or mm. Microsoft is or any other big tech? So, so. One of the things that we started doing is uh, basically, well, let's let's go try to find our developers. And there uh, we were uh, dealing with .NET, right? So so we went to the .NET user groups and we yeah. started first going. Then I thought, well, you know what? I, I saw really nice talks here and it's already a good thing because you, you bring your developers as well yeah. so, so and so on. So, so I could give a talk, yeah. right? So I started giving talks and then we started um, we, we started like uh, sponsoring uh, those, those user groups, and then we started going to to other other talks. Sorry, uh, conferences and so on. And and the going to a conference is not only good for uh, the, the the learning part that you get. You you see a new technology, you get out of your comfort zone. You are not in the office, so you can focus on that. That's why conferences online. They, they kind of we are kind of trying to to get the same benefits, right? But there's one thing that I love about going to a conference is to meet people and, and, and yeah. you see people and you are out of the office. Yeah. But the thing is, and then you start hiring and really incentivizing people to give talks. And yeah. then, you know, when you go, for instance, to, to, to I do remember a talk I gave for, for QCon where I was talking about the scalability of systems for time series and so on. And then I saw a developer who, who I would see right away, like people applying for Wechu because they would say, oh, you know, these guys are doing cool stuff. I would like to learn more about this. Yeah. So we started, you know, growing this. So, so today, I think if you go to Brazil and you ask about, you know, a company, a .NET company, pretty much everybody knows about Wechu. And we are, we are a small company. I think. Wow. Okay. But because we were always very active into conferences, blogging, and so on. So, so small things here and there really help. Uh, another thing, think about it. If you are a developer, you apply for a company, one of the first things that you do is to go to the GitHub account and say, okay, let me see there's some code here. Yeah, right? I know. You, and, and then even if it's, so one thing that we would do is to just say, hey, if that's not business critical, make it open source. Like yeah. it, it doesn't really matter, right? And then even if not a lot of people is going to use, but when I have someone joining, uh, they can go to GitHub and check. Oh, I can see some code. Yeah, they, these guys are, uh, you know, they are not creating spaghetti code everywhere, so they they can also uh, relate to that, right? So I kind of incentivize this in every place they go, uh, and the pie is no is no different, right? Um, at the beginning, of course, we were small, and that's the hardest yeah. one, because for instance, I won't, I was going to hire my first uh, cloud engineer, right? And then you have to say in the interview, you are the first one because yeah. you want to lie to the first. And then a lot of people, no, oh, no, I want to be part of a team to learn more and so on, to have you know yeah. more experienced people for me. 
and though, so the first ones are the hardest ones because you have to find those people who really want you uh, to, to really create the path and not yeah. follow the path, right? And then once you get there, and then you can start doing those things, right? You start open code here, you start sending your developers to, to conferences and so on, so, so they get to know people. Maybe they like the idea of being in a conference, they want to give a talk, so you, you support that. Um, it's a good idea for to have, even though people don't really follow uh, a lot of blogs anymore, I, I'm, I'm old school, I do love reading articles in blogs, yeah. but um, uh, the good thing about having the blog is I'm talking to someone and they, oh, what's your tech stack? And I can just, oh, here's the link. And then I can yeah. go there and read it. And then together yeah. as suggested articles, there's an article there that tells, for instance, that we can you can bring your dog to the pie office. For instance, one of the perks that we have. Oh, I have a dog. I like to bring, I would like to bring my dog to the office. You know, and then you start to get to know the company like, of because of those things, right? It's so powerful. I hope I haven't cut you off there. I, I no, talk no. to companies about how powerful this is. And it really is a mid to long term strategy before you start seeing results, right? Yeah, it takes time. Sponsoring meetups, delivering talks, blogging, articles, town halls, whatever it might be. I think it's really important to invest in it, especially with how competitive it is for really good people. And all of those points aren't for everyone. There will be people who like to go and do different things, as in someone's strengths may lie in blogging or speaking at conferences, talking about some of the stuff that you're building or wanting to jump on a podcast. It really is a collective effort, and it, it might be difficult to measure the impact at the start, but you will start to see the results mid to long term. I've seen so many companies do that so well, it's so important. It is your branding, it's your marketing, it's your logo being visual, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's in person. And the curiosity in us, it is sparked and people want to understand what are they building? Because I've seen them now four or five times yeah. at every single conference that I've been to. I'm going to go to their stand because I, I think I'm going to find something that I really like here. And they may not, but they might refer that to a friend. It is just that power of association that I think is really important. Yeah, it definitely is. I think you you start seeing you know that you are in the right path yeah. when you 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 are uh, our talent acquisition uh, team. They are interviewing someone like the first call and, and so on. Uh, and oh, do, what do you know about Lepaya? I read it. I, I read your blog. I, I saw some code and so on. So oh, so so you're not arriving here just because you know we, we exactly. poked you or we sourced you or so on. So, so say they they knew about it before, yeah. right? So the person is already well. At least they they already are interested in the company. So you don't need to spend the time trying to quote unquote sell the company to the person, right? Yeah, we always love to do this because. You know, this is important for brands EVP coming to talk to us on engineers. Are you hiring at the moment? Where are you hiring for our listeners to understand? Can they listen to this and go apply? Right. So, so we, we are hiring. Uh, that, that's uh, in many areas. Uh, we, we are looking for cloud engineers. So more uh, DevOps people uh, yeah. to, to help us, uh, especially with those uh, uh, 
great number of integrations and stuff. So we need to, to automate a lot of stuff there and so on. So a lot of interesting uh, uh, puzzles to solve. Uh, we are looking for a principal platform engineer, uh, right? So, so we do have some principles, one more uh, for the software parts. Uh, I want one in the future for the testing, one for, for front end, and, and now I want one platform. Um, test automation engineers as well. Uh, by the way, if, if, you, if you're looking to test automation engineers at Lepaya, they are just like any other engineer with specialization in tests. So, I, so it's not that they are you know, creating all the tests. They, they are you know, just an engineer, a developer yeah. who likes tests. And they are, they are kind of the ambassador uh, for testing inside uh, iSquads. So that profile. Uh, we are looking for uh, machine learning uh, uh, in data scientists as well. That's uh, the, the team is more in, in Berlin. So we can hire in, in Amsterdam or Berlin. Um, although if you are here, uh, we, we need a, well, we need an offset to pay you, but people, you, you can work from home. That's not a problem at all. Um, and what else that we are hiring? Oh, and, and Python developers as well. And the Python developer, the profile that we are looking for is someone who, who is a Python developer used to business applications, APIs, these sort of things, uh, but wants to learn machine learning. Right, because we want this team yep. with machine learning, uh, they, 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 we, we need more software you know, skills there to, to really build the APIs and create the interfaces with, all, with the other teams. Got you. Okay. I, I always like understanding a little bit more about how companies are looking to hire because, well, especially in times like now where we're, you know, March 2023, you know, market conditions, they're slightly skewed at the moment but uh, i think it tells you a lot about a business and their trajectory and i think anyway with understanding more about what you're doing at this moment in time you've got an awesome trajectory and i know for sure that engineers listening to this will be interested but it really is at the cutting edge of you know what is going on in our market at the moment as in our technology market with VR, ChatGPT. So you're doing some cool stuff. Like I said, it's mission-led. So hopefully nice. there's going to be some attraction here. And of course, I want to say a big thanks for coming to join us because it's important for your EVP. It's important for our community that we share what other businesses are doing. And a massive thank you for you and your time. And no doubt we'll be checking in, seeing what you're up to, seeing what you're building, seeing how the chat great. GPT stuff's coming along. Great, great. Yeah, very happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much for, for inviting me to, to this conversation. I'm always excited to talk about those things. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure. And for everyone listening, there'll be descriptions or below, descriptions below, where you can see more about Lapai's careers page, some of the conversation that we've discussed today, reach out to Andre on LinkedIn or some of the talent team and like, share, subscribe, share with your businesses if you're looking for upskilling because these guys are doing some cool stuff. And thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you. See you. Hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. 
these links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks guys.